1: Hey there, it is Faith Talk Live. I'm Mike And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. There she is. Uh, we are so glad to have her back. Erin Davis, she is author, speaker. Her latest book, we talked about this a while back, Fasting and Feasting, 40 Devotions, to Satisfying the Hungry Heart. She is on her way to the Caribbean. Are you, going, <laughs> are you going with the boys and your husband, or are you going by yourself?
2: Oh, I wish. I wish we were all there right now. If yeah. I was going, I'd take those boys, though. But no, we're still... We're here in snowy Missouri today.
3: Snowy Missouri—that just does not sound fun at all, right? Yeah,
2: I mean the running joke for the name of our state is misery instead of Missouri. Based on nobody calls
3: it misery. Come on, yeah,
1: (laughs) that's funny. That's funny. Now you're not from Missouri. Would that offend Missourians? Are they called Missourians if you're from Missouri?
2: I am from Missouri. And oh, you are. We are Missourians and or sometimes we're Missouri. Some people call us Missouri. I think that's wrong. I think it's Missouri. Yeah. But no I never We're, ta- we're made of tough stock. You can't defend us.
3: How do you get Missouri yeah. out yeah, of yeah. something I agree. that's spelled Missouri?
2: I agree. Yeah. That's like Hawaii. And uh <laughs> yeah. what's
1: the other one that's usually there's another state that people butcher it's not Missouri. No
2: right. Yeah. Missouri. And it's not Illinois. Illinois, <laughs> Illinois.
3: Hey, listen. Well, they threw in extra letters, but in Missouri, you know, at least it's yeah. spelled Missouri. How do you? Get I
2: get that?
1: it. I had a, a friend years ago from Illinois, and they were highly offended uh, if anyone said Illinois. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah.
3: Right, and you won't have that problem. Good to know. <laughs>
1: Aaron Davis, uh, let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. It's it's uh, next week. You you guys staying at home? You going yep. somewhere? And and, yep. and Dan mentioned how in the world do you feed four boys? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> not not just four boys, half of which are teenagers. So yeah. let me tell you we're in basketball season at our house. One day this week my oldest son came home, he ate four bowls of beef stew, two <laughs> bowls of cereal, three <laughs> bananas, and then he was chugging milk. So it's a what? whole it's a whole thing just to keep them fed on the regular. Uh we're the house that hosts Thanksgiving, which I love it that way. I yeah. love to cook. But uh, we'll have a turkey and we'll have a brisket and we'll have a whole bunch of kinds of potatoes and all the sides, you know, lots of, I'm I'm in it for the sides, but it'll be a good day. You
3: had me at brisket. I love that idea. I have never had brisket for Thanksgiving, but you mentioned it. I'm like, that's genius. Why not?
2: Well, here's the re- logic behind that. I'm in it for the sides. I'm also in it for the leftover sandwiches. You yeah, know, like the next yeah, yeah. day, and nothing beats a brisket sandwich on a mm. homemade roll. So I'm just planning ahead for yeah. days of pulling out leftovers. After I like the, the way day. you.
3: I like the way you think. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, That's
1: yeah, what. yeah. And now I know why she writes about fasting because there's nothing left, <laughs> nothing left after the boys come through like Pac Man, right, and eat wow. all the food. There's they a do. place here in Atlanta and we will catch up with you in a in a second. It's a barbecue place. It's legendary. You have to get there early even to get a seat. Fox Brothers and they have the best brisket, but they put uh pimento cheese, which is a thing. A pimento okay. cheese on the top. Mm. Of okay. Already the sandwiches, you got to have a ladder to get on the thing yeah. eat it. <laughs> But uh you know, I don't really care for pimento cheese myself. No. Yeah. But everybody else r- just raves raves about it. What would a, a Aaron Davis or a Davis family brisket sandwich look like? What would it look like?
2: I feel like we this has gotten more controversial than I expected with state names and pinto <laughs> cheese. I don't know what the response is going to be. But yeah, definitely that homemade roll, which is so important. You yeah. know, it's yeah. just great carbs, so good. And then I smoke my brisket slow and slow for That's a long time. That's the way it should be. Long yeah. Long time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. that smoky, smoky meat, that smoke ring on it, and mm-hmm. no pimento cheese. But I could go for like provolone or
1: yeah. sharp cheddar, something yeah. like that. Come on. Yeah, Mm, pimento cheese. Water. See, I've not
3: been to Fox Brothers, and that's just wrong to me. That just ruins a brisket. I don't know. Uh, It's a hip.
1: It's some kind of hip thing, Dan. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) They're
3: not Texans. They don't know how to eat brisket.
1: Those young people. So everybody's going to Missouri to the Davis house. Come on, to have Thanksgiving. You're in. We got room for you. Come on. There we go. And while you're there, you can talk about Aaron's book, "The Latest one, Fasting and Feasting: Forty Devotions to Satisfy the." The Hungry Heart. Let's catch up. What have you heard so far from folks that have paged through this or in the midst of it or finished it? Maybe. Maybe. Excuse me.
2: Yeah. You know, I actually feel like it's changed my own heart, which is good as we're heading into this season of feasting, which happens every year, kicks off at Thanksgiving and goes through the new year. I actually feel more grounded in what scripture says about food than ever before and feel like my food relationship for lack of a better word is not totally out of whack which it always has been Mm -hmm. i love that about god's word it it actually works it actually changes us from the outside in but there's been a lot of interest in the book for a couple of reasons one we do all love to feast and maybe we've never thought about what god's word says about that i think there's more interest in the topic of fasting what i've heard Mm -hmm. most often is I don't know much about fasting. I've never read a book on fasting. I've never heard a sermon on fasting. What is it? How do I do it? So there's some real interest in just both topics. I was actually in the grocery store yesterday with those four boys. You know, they're trying to sneak seven boxes of Little Debbie's in the car. <laughs> all that stuff. And this woman came up to me and she said, I'm reading your book. And I said, oh, that thrills me. And she was talking about how, you know, she didn't really – Expect it to cause heart transformation, but it has shifted her own views of food. She's also heading into the holiday, maybe a little more grounded. So that's all really exciting for me to hear.
3: Uh, And now focusing in on the feast part of it, going back uh, to one of your earlier books, "The Seven Feasts," and you take a look at at the biblical feasts and those. You know, there's like seven main ones, um, and just how you see Christ through them. How did that change the way uh, you look at that and and change? Uh, because we look at it, and if we don't see Christ, then it's like, oh, that's weird. They they had feasts. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. How did that change your your spiritual life? Yeah,
2: it's interesting. I spent a fair amount of time with a Jewish rabbi and studying for that book, and he has actually observed the feasts more regularly than we have there part of his life, an adaptation of him as a modern Jew, but he didn't see Jesus in them at all. And it's so Mm. clear to me that they are telling the gospel story, but there's just kind of a basic application that's been pretty transformational in my life, which is that when God was giving his people their calendar, that's what a Leviticus 23 is. They were heading into the promised land. They'd only ever been owned by people. The slave owners in Egypt dictated their schedule before this, but as Jesus was giving, God was giving his people their calendar. He didn't say, and these are the rules and these are the days that you're supposed to, you know, it wasn't a bunch of what we would think of as negative stuff. It was feast, 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 feast. And this is how you do it. And so for me, just the simple realization that you know, feasting is God's idea. Celebration is God's idea. Gathering with other people around a table and around food, that's God's idea. And um, I think sometimes we can just, women especially, we can feel guilty about even indulging on Thanksgiving Day. But for me, it's been so freeing to realize like, it's all from God and he can Mm -hmm. be honored in all of it. And as he dictates the calendars of his people, he wants there to be moments of joy and togetherness and food and feasting. So, I think I'm heading into Thanksgiving this year, just a little more free to enjoy it all.
3: Yeah. And That's a great so cool. way to remember what we have to be thankful for and what yeah, right. Jesus has done for us. Right. Yeah. Mm,
1: love it. Yeah, it's interesting because you talk about the the Jewish rabbi not seeing Jesus. I don't even see it. I wonder how many Jewish folks did see mm. something in that book and those feasts that uh that changed their world. It's
2: as obvious as the nose on my face to me. I mean, it is... The redemption story laid out in those seven feasts. Of course, they couldn't have known that they were telling exactly about Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, but they were watching for a Messiah. Right. And the feasts were part of them telling that story year after year after year. He's coming. He has good things for us. And that was part of their rhythms. And, you know, we actually still have the same story. He did come for Christmas, which we're going to celebrate really soon, but he's coming again. Yeah. So as we gather with our family and friends next week, That's something we can be so thankful for. We are still watching for that Messiah, not to come and save us. He's already done that, but to come and take us to be Mm. with him in the new heaven and the new earth. So that's a big thank you.
1: Yes, it is. So good. Aaron Davis, author, speaker. All right. We've uh, we want you to pick up the book, the fasting book and the feasting book, Fasting and Feasting 40 Devotions to Satisfy the Hungry Heart. Now, 2023 is coming up. It'll be here before. I mean, we'll blink and it'll it'll Mm. be here. What are you looking forward to in 2023? You've got new work. Are you working on something? I do
2: have new work. It's interesting work. My husband and I are co-writing our first ever book, and it's a fiction graphic novel called Lies Boys Believe. If you might be familiar with that series, Nancy DeMoss Welgamuth wrote Lies Women Believe many years ago, and the Lord has used it to bless a lot of people. There's Lies Young Women Believe, which I got to work on. There's Lies Girls Believe, so a lot of, you know... you're. Girls, women, young women, all covered. Uh, Robert Wolgamuth released Lies Men Believe a few years ago, but there's been this gap for what about boys? They need God's truth too. And we, our only uh, street cred is that we are raising four boys, but I feel like that does give us some street (laughs) cred. So it does, yeah. Yeah, so we're in the middle of writing the deadline, writing deadlines coming up Lies Boys Believe, and it'll come out in November of 2023. So about a year from now.
1: Can you awesome. give us a quick sample what is one lie that uh that that our boys fall for or have fallen for?
2: Well, this has been so fun to write. I've never read, written fiction before, and we're going to work with this great artist, Think Comic Book. So it's the story of these two boys and their dad that kind of go on this epic trip. Um, but we start with, the Bible isn't for me. So the boys in the story are 14 and 12. They would rather be doing almost anything than sitting there with their Bibles open. But through the influence of their dad and this pastor in the book named Pastor Ralph, they learn to love God's word. Then one of them is this... He, he's Based off of one of my actual sons, actually, who's just a good boy. He's always been a good boy. And so there's a tendency to think that the gospel isn't for him. So that in the Mm. story, that character has to wrestle with there's no one good. uh, And we all need a savior. So I hope it's just full of the gospel. They're going to come home on the trip and they're going to have to wrestle with is loving god for girls or is it for boys too
3: well boys need that so yeah. thank you guys for doing yeah. that it's going to be great i look forward to that we're honored to get
1: absolutely ken let's catch up with you after the first of the year we'd love to talk about that and more you're such a great guest and we love what you do have a great thanksgiving with uh, your family and your friends and and christmas aaron davis.org a great bla- place to go to catch all her stuff read it and uh, enjoy yourself. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probes And I'm Dan Ratcliffe.
2: Yes. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.